And then you go home refreshed, you, you feel like you've been fed spiritually, you've gotten some nourishment, you know, not just physical nourishment, but spiritual nourishment, you know, where your hearts leap up and say, I can believe God, I can trust Him, because I know He's, he's looking after, uh, uh, after me for my good. How you know God is for us, amen? Who can be against us? If He gave us His own Son, how much by Him will He freely give us all things? You've got to remember that. You got to remember. Wait a minute. He's not holding anything back uh, from us, or, uh, or from us. He he wants to give to us. His heart is open, and he wants to give to us. Our job is to believe, trust in him, believe in him, unrelentless, un, uh, completely determined to see his word come to pass in our lives. Amen. Sometimes it takes days, weeks, months, years. We know that, right? Everything is not always instantaneously. I wish it was. We're going to talk about a guy named Joseph, and he waited 13 years uh, for the word of the Lord to come to pass in his life. And the Bible says the word of the Lord tested him and proved him, tried him. You know, the Lord gives you a vision, gives you a, a promise, gives you a, a thought about where you're going to be. And then to get there, it's like, oh, man, i got to go through all these obstacles, all these people telling me I can't do it, all these situations. It looks like it's not going to come to pass. But God, <laughs> but God has made a promise to you and put it in your heart, and you have to continue to believe, not giving up, not growing weary in well-doing, but no, in due season you shall reap. Amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get a cheer for Jesus? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Woo! He is our victory. Amen? He, he's the one that just threw that uh, uh, football down because he just made a touchdown for us. Praise God. We have the victory in him. Glory to God. So let's pray as we get ready to hear the word today. This is February, which is love month. Ooh, love. <laughs> Amen. We're going to talk about love in a little different way today. You know, it's easy to say, I love you. Oh, I just love you. But if you do me wrong, I ain't going to love you no more, you know. And, and that's what happens when you get married, you know. <laughs> You say, I do, oh, you're so wonderful, you're so marvelous, and then you get married, and all of a sudden, not so wonderful, not so marvelous anymore. <laughs> then you find out if you really love the person or not, amen? Love at first sight is easy, but it's getting to know someone and loving them through all the trials and tribulations that you go through, forgiving them for all that they have done to you and how they've hurt you and how they, you know, said things that uh, you weren't you know, fond of, but that's where real love comes in. Amen? Love with an everlasting love. That's the way Jesus loves us. We turn our backs on him. We, we, we don't do what he says for years and years and years, and we come to him, and he's just open arms that I love you with an everlasting love. Amen? Isn't that good news? Praise the Lord. I told you this story that when uh, my wife and I, we only knew each other 13 weeks before we got married. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty short. Short courtship. <laughs> it was a Hallmark, Hallmark uh, uh, courtship, you know, only like an hour. And <laughs> and I was the most wonderful, charming guy, and she was the most pleasant, you know, uh, cheerful girl. And we, we just got everything was perfect, lovely. And then we got married, and we said, you know what? We should sue each other for false advertising. This is not the same person I married, you know? What happened to Mr. Charming, you know? 
who sits on the couch, you know. <laughs> but anyway, praise the Lord. <sighs> I'm trying to open my heart up to share with you, and I can't believe what's coming out. Okay. <laughs> Did we pray already? Do we need to pray again? <laughs> Father, thank you for coming, uh, bringing us together to hear your word. We thank you that, Lord, we have you, an everlasting Father, to guide and direct us. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about love this week, or this month, love, God's love, God's love in us that's able to do all things. And how many of you know one of the things about love is forgiveness, right? You can't say you love someone. And then if they do you wrong, you can't forgive them. You can't walk, you know, past that. What did Jesus say on the cross? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen? Amen. So his disciples, you know, the Bible says that we'll know we are his disciples by our love. And so the disciples said to Jesus, well, how many times do we have to forgive our brother? And they said seven. And he said to them, no, not seven. Seven times 70. For those of you that don't know how to do the math, that's 490 times. You know, that's a lot of forgiving. That's repeat offenders upon you. Amen? <laughs> when you go to work and they say, you know, bad things about you, they, they talk behind your back and, and they do things and talk, you know, say bad things about you to somebody else, 490 times. And I know if you're counting, it's going to take a while to get up there. But you can break that pattern. You can, by love, you know, heat coals of fire on them. You know, I had a situation where I uh, uh, get my uh, hair cut at a certain place. <laughs> I don't really want to s- s- tell this, but, you know, when you open up your heart, it just comes out. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, the girl, she kind of did me wrong. I said, you know, uh, can you straighten it up a little bit? She goes, yeah, uh, come on in, you know, next week. And then she texts me, I'm busy next week. I go, really? <laughs> and she goes, and you know, your next appointment after that, I think I'm going to be busy for that one too. I go, I go hmm, hmm, this, this uh, doesn't feel right here. <laughs> and so I said, but she said, but I have a friend, you could go to her and she'll probably take care of you. So I said, okay, so now I have a dilemma here. Do I want to hold this as a grudge? Do I want to tell everybody about this? Which I am now. No. (laughs) But I have to, and we're going to get into the message on how you do this, but you have to to divorce yourself from your feelings. You you have to put aside what you want to do to, to do what God wants you to do. And so I understood that this girl was just newly, uh, she became a Christian just, you know, recently. And, uh, you know, she has other uh, friends, and she knows I'm a pastor. So how would it look if Mr. Pastor Man <laughs> has a big fit <laughs> and, you know, speaks his mind and, and, and says all kinds of crazy things, and she would think two things, what? I don't know if this is the, what a pastor's like, and is this the way a Christian is? And, you know, maybe I don't need to be a Christian anymore. I don't want anybody to stumble over the way I feel. I have to divorce myself from my feelings and say, I'm not going to look at what she's done 
or what, uh, you know, how I feel. And we're going to look about that because that's what Joseph had to do. Joseph, how many of you know the story of Joseph? You know, I have to ask that because sometimes people don't know the story. Joseph was uh, in his father's house. He had 10 stepbrothers and one other real brother. And the father loved Joseph more than all the others. Now, how many of you know that is wrong? <laughs> you cannot favor one over the other. My mom used to teach me, I fair to both of you, you know, cut it right down the middle. So, you know, when she passed away, we didn't have any arguments about who got what or what, just split it down the middle. And so, um, but he favored Joseph and he gave him a coat of many colors. And so he was the supervisor over his brothers because his brothers they, they were slouches, you know, they were evil, they, were, they, they lollygagged around, they didn't do their job, they didn't do the work that they were supposed to do. And Joseph was an administrator, Joseph liked to get things done. And so the father uh, made him overseer of everything, he didn't have to do the hard work, so the brothers despised him. They wouldn't even talk to him. Can you imagine that? You thought you had bad family uh, people. That wouldn't even say a kind word to them to him. And so, so Joseph, not very wisely, says, hey guys, I just had this dream. We were out in the field, and you guys were, were working in the field, and my sheave came up, and y'all bowed down to, and worshiped me, and, and, and I, I, you, you had to serve me. And they looked at him like, oh, <laughs> we're going to kill you. <laughs> so, they, didn't, they, they hated him even the more. And then he gets another dream, same thing, and he says, yeah, and mom and dad were there too, and they were bowing down and serving me. Isn't that a great dream, guys? <laughs> and they said, what? And the father said, you better stop this dreaming, you know, because, you know, you just do your work and forget about this stuff in the future. And so guess what happens? Uh, it actually did happen. Oh, so, so what happened was, they were, uh, the father sent the boys out to Shechem, 50 miles away, and said, go tend the sheep over there. And when they didn't come back on time, he said to Joseph, Joseph, go see what they're doing, because Joseph would always come back and tell them what exactly they were doing. Dad, they, weren't, they were messing up, you know, they were going over into other fields, they were, you know, talking to the girls, they were, you know, partying, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And so he sent them out there, and so the brothers saw him coming from a distance, and they said, what? Let's kill him. Let's throw him down the well. Let's tell dad that he is no more. And so when they came, they grabbed him, they threw him down the well, and Reuben, the oldest, said, let's not kill him. Let's sell him and, you know, make some money, make a profit out of this. So they sat down, and they had a meal, the Bible says. They had some lunch. And Joseph is in the well screaming, begging for mercy. Oh, brothers, please, don't. Don't sell me. Don't kill me. I'm sorry. Come on, let's, can't we work this out? And they, they didn't even pay him any attention. It was like, you know, could you pass the mustard, please? You know, I mean, they, they, no regard for the brother. Now, talk about an offense. Talk about how would you feel if you were separated from your father at 17 and your mother at 17 years old, not even packing a toothbrush, just all of a sudden you're in another world and you're a slave in Potiphar's house, would you have a little bit of resentment? Would you have a little bit of unforgiveness in you? I think so. Have anybody of you had it that bad? 
I mean, I know there's people that have had some, some terrible things. In fact, I heard this one story about a missionary team, a husband and a wife. They went to a country, and they were ministering and were uh, evangelizing, and the townspeople there killed them, tortured them. And so the son heard about it. What do you think he did? We're talking about forgiveness here. Give you a little hint. He went back and began to witness to them and to tell them about God's love. And they all got saved because surely if we killed his parents and he's coming back with this kind of love, there has to be a love that we don't know anything about. And that's what you do. When you love somebody that doesn't deserve your love, something happens. Something happens to them. Their spirit is broken. They go like, oh, that's something greater than me. That's something that I can't comprehend. So we're going to talk about this forgiveness. Now, here's the thing. How did we get into the kingdom of God? We got in by forgiveness. That's the epitome of Christianity. That's, forgiveness is the core of the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus was all about forgiven. Forgive, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So when you gave your life up to Jesus... You were signing up to forgive people that offend you. Did you know that? <laughs> I, want to be, I want to be like Jesus. I want to be in the kingdom of God. Okay, welcome. Come on in. Now, here's the thing. I've forgiven you. Now, if anyone offends you, you have to forgive them. Oh, no, we don't want to play that one. We, we want to be forgiven for everything that we do, but we don't want to forgive others. What is that? Let, let, uh, show me that picture uh, Rebecca, what, is this, what does this look like to you? Looks like somebody's doing what? Choking them, right? This is a, a, a picture, uh, depiction of the guy here, the old man. He was just released of a big debt, 10,000 talents, which could be, in our day, billions of dollars, if it's gold or silver or whatever. And the little man here, he owed him about $2,000. And he was forgiven. The, the man was forgiven, but he was choking this guy. He could say, I need my $2,000. You were just forgiven millions and billions of dollars, and you want to, you know, extract that kind of money? So we have to remember, when we give ourselves to the Lord, and we're forgiving of everything for all eternity, amen, is this hard to believe that when you accept the Lord, all your sins are forgiven, they're washed away, never to be remembered anymore as far as the east is from the west, so are your transgressions removed from you? I remember I was ministering to this guy. He was seven years old. He had cancer. He's ready to die. I asked him, do you know where you're going after this? You know, that's a good question when you only got about a month or two. He said, no. I said, well, how would you like to know? He goes, yeah. I go, right in the Bible, it says if you accept Jesus in your heart, He'll forgive you of your sins, and you can go into heaven. And he said, really? It's as simple as that? I go, yes. He goes, how can one prayer wipe out all of my sins that I've had all my life? How could that be? And I said, what would you say? Trick, Trick question, huh? That's the way it is. <laughs> That's the grace of God. That's the mercy of God. That's the forgiveness of God. So... With that in mind, let's look at Ephesians 4.32, and we're going to have Sister Blanca read this to us. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ 
forgave you. Perfect. So this is a tough little scripture right here. But it gives you the key on how to forgive. You forgive God, you forgive people with the same spirit as God forgave you. All right? You, you let the spirit and the love of God that uh, was given to you now be bestowed upon others. You love them the way Christ loved you. Amen? So here's another scripture. Uh, and this one I was going to have uh, Blanca read, but it's a little too tough to, to handle. Matthew 6, 15. <laughs> I don't want her to be the bad guy. But it says here, If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Are you kidding me? Is that in the Bible? Yes. More than once. More than once. <laughs> once is enough. But uh, I mean, I, I asked somebody, is that just like a nice little saying, or is that really true? Did Jesus really mean it? It's in red. And I've had people, we've had a, a friend of ours, Loretta Blasingame, who actually went to heaven, and the Lord told her, you need to stop having bad thoughts about the other, the piano player that you have, because you're not going to get into heaven if you have those bad thoughts. And I said, oh my God, it's really true. You know, and I've heard other people say that unforgiveness will keep you out. Now, I, I can't say for a fact, I can't judge anybody, but I sure don't want to be in that category. I don't want to take a chance. I don't want to say, oh, I didn't know that really counted, but it says, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. But not only that, if you're believing God for something and you have unforgiveness in your heart, how can you ask him for favors? How can you ask him for anything if you're not living the, the life that he wants you to live? Praise God. So at some point, the reason why I mentioned this, and we're going to go over uh, Joseph a little bit, at some point in your life, you're going to struggle with forgiveness. At some point in your life, someone is going to dish out to you some pain and betrayal and evil that makes you realize that forgiveness is just not that easy. Somebody is going to take money from you. Somebody's going to say some things bad about you, cause you some heartache, and you're going to have to forgive them. Have you ever experienced that kind of evil, maliciousness, low-down, repeat offenders who knew what they were doing, yet still kept doing it? Anybody? Can I get a witness about anybody? There you go. You wonder, how can they keep, keep continuing to be that way? What is wrong with them? Well, it doesn't matter what's wrong with them, because I don't care how big your Bible is, I don't care how much you love Jesus, Sometimes you're going to be put in a position where you have to actually do what the Bible says in this area of forgiveness. And you have to divorce yourself of the way you feel. You have to forgive those that offend you. Now, here's another scripture, another tough one, Matthew 23, 25. Uh, yeah, here we go. Ouch. This, I mean, I can't believe this is in the Bible. If when you are offering your gift at the altar, you there remember that your brother has a grievance against you. You're okay with them, but they have something that you did that they didn't like. What do you do? Oh, well, they'll get over it. Too bad. I'm cool. You know? No. What does it say? Leave your gift at the altar and go. First, make peace with your brother, and then come back and present your gift. Isn't that something? That means that your heart has to be so tender and so cognizant of other people that if, they're offend if you've offended them, you have to go to them and say, did I offend you? Uh, I'm sorry, did I say something that might have, you know, made you feel, you know, 
not at ease or discomforted or did I say something that offended you? And then you're supposed to, what, make peace. Make peace. As much as lieth in you, be peaceable to one another. What does that mean? That sometimes you have to say you're sorry when you don't feel like saying you're sorry. When you don't, didn't do anything wrong. Didn't uh, feel like they deserve, you, uh, deserve that. So do we proclaim what we believe or do we just say that that's the way it is and that's for somebody else but not for, for us? Praise God. Okay, let's see here. I'm going to continue. So Joseph, I'm going to give you four. We're going to read the story. I'm going to give you four principles on how to forgive others. Let me see if I'm in the right church today. Do any of you have anybody that you need to forgive? You feel like maybe there's some people that are, you're still, you know, have hurt you. And then, yeah, okay, I got a couple here. Some people don't want to raise their hand. <laughs> you heard about the story about the preacher that said, uh, does anybody have any enemies here? And everybody raised their hand except for one lady in the back. She didn't raise her hand. And the preacher said, you don't have any enemies? She said, no, they all died off. It's, it's not <laughs> so if you don't have anybody that you need to forgive, there might be some people in the future that you need to forgive. Just when you think everything is cool and rosy, all of a sudden somebody will do something to offend you. So um, let's look at this in Genesis 50. Gen- 50, okay, so, so I, as I told the story about Joseph, his brothers you know, left him in the... In the the well. They sold him to slavery into Potiphar's house. He went to Potiphar's house and was a slave, but somehow the Lord was, was with him. Whatever he put his hands to prospered. Isn't that amazing? That, that, that he didn't hold a grudge. He started, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to be an administrator like, like, like the gift that God has given to me. So he became you know, raised up and Potiphar let him do anything that he wanted to do in the house and be in charge of everything, but his wife, Potiphar's wife, had the hots for him and tried to get him to go to bed with him, and he ran out of there so fast that she grabbed his cloak and then cried, he's tried to sleep with me, oh my, and Potiphar came home and said, what, you know, and he knew his wife was lying because surely he should have been put to death, but he said, well, we'll just put you in prison there, so he's in prison, I'd be a little depressed, wouldn't you? I mean, here you are, you get this vision from God. Okay, you're going to be set over, you know, a whole country, all the land, and your brothers and your sisters are going to come, and your mother and your father are going to bow down before you. And here you are doing all that you're supposed to do, and then you get thrown in prison. Oh, he didn't give up. He saw that the prisoners were unhappy. He said, what's, what's wrong with you, Mr. Butler, Mr. Baker? They said, well, we got thrown down here in prison because we offended the king. He said, well, let me pray with you. And he had a dream, and he said, well, Baker, you're, it's over for you. But the butler, you're going to get reinstated. He said, but when you get reinstated, please remember me. He said, okay, no problem. So he went up there, he got reinstated, and the butler plumb forgot him. <laughs> you ever have people promise you stuff, and then they don't come through? You go like, didn't, didn't you say that you were going to hire me, or didn't you say you were going to pay me back, or didn't you say all this kinds of stuff? And so finally, after two years, and all this time, it took 13 years from when he had the dream, they call him up, and the butler said, you know what, I, rem- 
I remember there was this guy in prison, and he can interpret dreams. And Pharaoh, if you had this dream, call him up. He'll do it. He interprets the dream. They make him second over the whole country. And there's a famine in the land. I hope you guys are following me on this. Famine in the land. Joseph's in charge of doling out the food. And so the brothers have to come and get the food and bow down before Joseph, right? So here's where we pick it up. Then finally the father Jacob dies. And the brothers go, you know, brothers, we're, Jacob, I mean, Joseph is going to get us. You know, we treated him wrong. You know, he was crying out there in the well. He wanted mercy. We just ignored him. We didn't pay any attention to him. We sold him off. We're bad. <laughs> God is paying us back. <laughs> so, but, so here's what the Joseph, when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin for they did evil to you. True or false? False. He didn't, they didn't, he didn't say that. They made it up. They're evil. Sway. You know, you ever try to nail somebody on, on something and they tell a story and then you talk to the other person, they go, that's not the way it happened. <laughs> yeah, all the time, right? I do a lot of counseling, you know, I do a lot of marital counseling and people get in conflicts and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But, uh, uh, you know, you hear one side of the story and you say, oh man, that person really wronged you. I can't believe that they did that. And then you talk to the other person and they go like, oh, that was the other, the other, they, they wronged you, you know, and you can't figure out who's right and who's wrong here in the story, right? And so this is, this is false. So keep going. So they're saying, now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. He did what? Wept. He cried. The Bible says four times he went outside and cried because his heart was tender. He was, he was, hurt that his brothers didn't understand the love that he had for them. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Another scripture. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I for am I in the place of God? And that's what we have to realize. Are, are, you, are you judging people? Are you the one that's the judge over their actions? you got to mind your own P's and Q's. And what we used to say, M-Y-O-B, Mind your own business, you know. You, you got to get to heaven, too, you know. You can't be worried about everybody else, what they're dealing with and going through. If you can help them, help them. But as for you, you meant it evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is to this day to save many people alive. What did Joseph have to do? He had to say, you know what? I'm looking at my life now, and I'm better off, and you guys are going to be better off. So what I had to go through wasn't as bad because I knew God had an ulterior motive in all this. And that's what you have. To, sometimes you're going through things and you wonder, like, how can, where is God? What is God doing to me? He feels like I'm getting beat up all over the place here. <laughs> you know, people are talking bad about me, situations. Lord, where, where are you going through? He's testing you uh, to say me. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So four things, you ready? Four things to do that will keep you 
in uh, an attitude of forgiveness. First one is you have to make a deliberate decision to release, let go from the anger that you feel from the offense that was given to you. You said you have to say, I'm not going to let my hurt, my pain, my feelings control me. I'm not going to yield to what my natural man feels. I'm going to yield to what the Lord God Almighty wants me to do. What is the Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? What's the better end for this, for this person? That I, that I can show them love? So it's easy to fall into a whole other side of yourself. You know, if, if someone's hurt you, it's easy to say, well, I'll just treat them the way I want to treat them. I can talk to them the way I want to talk to them and say, God will understand. You know, they wronged me. I'm going to go down there to that body shop, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. <laughs> I'm going to go to that insurance company, and I'm going to let them have it, right? That, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. You have to separate yourself, you know, from uh, what, uh, what you're feeling. So Joseph cries to uh, his brothers. And then your own mind, or someone will say, you're a fool for forgiving them. Why are you letting them get off with that situation? Why, why don't you, you know, confront them and, 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 and tell them exactly what they're doing wrong? And actually, that's number two. Forgiveness requires a difficult discussion to talk about what happened. So sometimes you just can't walk in a lie. And I have, uh, Jeannie, if you get those uh, sheets on the table there, it says conflicts. Charlie, if you get those sheets. Points to remember when you're settling a conflict. We're going to show up on the screen here. But we have sheets so you can take them home. Now, you go through these. When you're going to go and talk to a person about a difficult situation, you don't go to them and say, you know what? You really offended me. You know what? You really made me mad. You know what? You really wrong. No, no, no. Here, you have to settle it in your own heart first. First thing you have to do, have I forgiven the person before entering into the discussion? Very important. You can't wait for them to say you're sorry. They may never say you're sorry. And it's not based on whether uh, they say you're sorry or not. Okay, number two, am I able to apologize even though I think I am right? Have you ever had to do that? Apologize when you think that you're right? Number three, am I going in peace? Do you have the peace of God that passes all understanding, or are you just unhappy, mad, and angry? No. Am I giving the other person respect? What? <laughs> the person who just offended me, I have to give them respect? This is God's way, right? Number five, express the situation without attacking or blaming. These, this, is hard, this is hard to do. It's hard to do. I'll wait till you pass these out here a little bit. Number six, don't accuse or judge. You may miss their intent. Here's a hard one. Let the other person express themselves completely. Number eight, don't display discouraging behavior, body language. Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. What's your excuse? What are you talking about? Right? 
Number nine, listen attentively. Ten, don't raise your voice. Keep a soft tone. Can you do that? <laughs> I'm wondering, is this hitting home with anybody? You know, I, I gave this to a person that was going to get ready to go into an argument or a conflict resolution, and they read that, and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good, that's good. But when they came time for them to do it, no, not even close. Okay, here's, here's, the, big two, here's the biggest one right here, number 11. Go in with an attitude of we are both going to be happy when we leave. You have to go to the end and say, you know what? I believe that when this is all over, the actions that I've taken and the kindness that I've shown and the lovingness and open-heartedness is going to cause the other person to still love me, still like me. Amen? And I saw this before at at our other um, church. There was a lady who was pretty influential in the church, and she was uh, in in the waiting room, and she was going to go talk to the senior pastor, and she was fuming. She was mad. She was angry. She had some things to get off her chest. And I was like, whoa, this is going to be something. I can't wait to see this. And I was just waiting to see, like, what is going to happen? And he called me in because he didn't want to be alone with her. So I just went in there and listened. And she went, and she was ripping him apart, and this was wrong, and that's wrong, and he was just sitting and listening. Uh-huh, I understand. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, I, can, I can understand why you're saying that. And he just, you know, listened to what she was saying. She, he was listening attentively. He didn't raise his voice. He wanted to have an attitude that after it's all over, that they would leave uh, in peace with each other. And Sure enough, after she got it all off her chest and they got into a common ground and they were able to laugh about it, she walked away laughing and happy and just joyful. I'm going like, how did that happen? So I would, I would watch, many people would go in there and they'd go in there all mad and everything and as they're leaving, they're, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we love you, Pastor. Oh, you're so great. So if you ever confront me, I'm going to, I'm, this is what I'm going to do here, Okay. I'm going to roll with you, baby. I'm going to, okay, let's, what's your complaint? Let's see, how can we work this out? We're going to, we're going to walk away in peace. And 12, speak with the voice of the Lord in your heart. Say gracious words. Amen? You want to, you want to say some things, you know, tell somebody that they're doing wrong, but pray and say, what does the Lord want me to say? How can I encourage them? How can I show them that God still has a good plan for them, that God really values them? Amen? Is this good or not? Now, I want to show you something. In, in uh, Joseph's two sons, you know, Joseph, although the whole Bible, in recounting this story, he never talks about how he felt. He never says, man, my brothers wronged me. Man, that was a terrible thing that they did. You know, he never said anything. But look what he named his kids. Ephraim, which means God has made me forget all my hardship and all of my father's house. In other words, I had to forget about being with my dad and and the family and everything. I had to divorce myself from that. I had to say, this is a new life. My old life has passed away. And Manasseh, the second child, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. He was hurting. 
It, it, you know, this was an affliction. You ever been hurt that bad? Where you just can't move, you just can't even get out of the house, you just can't believe the person did that with something to you? Amen? Joseph's two sons. Let's look at Proverbs 20, verse 3, and then I got two more points for you guys to uh, do in, in, in forgiving. It says, um, It is an honor for a man to cease from strife and keep aloof from it, but every fool will quarrel. Isn't that something? You, you, you can cause strife. You know, I, I, we play basketball, and there's one guy, and I can rile him up so easy. I know exact the points that buttons to push to get him riled up, you know. And uh, the other day I said, I don't want to make you mad or anything. I, don't want to, I just want to ask you this one question. <laughs> Kaboom! You know. <laughs> I said, hmm, I can't even get near that question. I have to be careful to avoid that. But, you know, we're brothers. We've learned how to work it out, and we've talked th things through. He just thinks, sees things completely different than I do. But that's okay. And, like, we go over to my sister's house, and... Uh, her husband has completely different views than we do, politically. And so if we ever sit down and talk about him, I mean, it's like World War III in there. <laughs> so I'm sure my sister talked to him and said, do not, you know, be so vocal with my brother and his family. And we got together without knowing what she said, said, we better not bring those, don't bring those questions up. <laughs> So whenever we start even getting on the edge, we just go around, oh, no, we're not going there. <laughs> and it's a peaceful, loving, enjoyable time every time we go. Amen? Amen. I know uh, we used to pray when we used to go to my, uh, my mother's house, because my mother's Italian, Piero. And uh, get, get a chance to, to say hello to Pietro. Pietro. Piero. Piero. Uh, make him feel welcome here, even though it's, he's from Italy, and it's not his homeland, but make him feel at home. But every time you have an Italian mother, is your, your mother, like, got a lot of uh, emotion and vim, vim, vigor, right? <laughs> your wife says, she's passionate, yeah. That's what my wife says, she's just passionate. I'm just, I'm just passionate. I'm not yelling, I'm just passionate, okay? <laughs> I know, but I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> so we would have to ride an hour to go to my mom's house and if we were late I don't know if this is true in your house but if you're late for dinner boy you're the worst son in the whole world I mean you, what in the world were you thinking you know so if we're a little late we used to have to pray Father give a, my, my mom a good spirit let her be loving and kind and forgiving and just open up her heart to us and every time we prayed it was a beautiful day but if we got lazy or didn't, boy, we caught it when we got there. Right, Marianne? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it was almost like clockwork. We knew. So, you know, when you go into work or when you're going to, you know, be with your wife or your kids, pray before you go in. Pray that the Prince of Peace would be there to help you and guide you. So what are the first two things that we have that we're talking about that we have to uh, do? Divorce yourself from your feelings, right? Deliberately make a decision to uh, release, release yourself from the hurt. What's the second thing? Huh? 
to forgive others, but there's a second thing that we were talking about. Uh, you might have to have a difficult discussion with the person. Isn't that hard to do? You might be the one that has to do the forgiving. I know one time we were at uh, Kaiser, and they had this new rule. They made up this new rule. Security made this new rule up. Got to show your badge before you come in, okay? It's been on the books for forever. They haven't did it, you know, enforced it for 10 years. All of a sudden, we come in, and they're at the door like, where's your badge? Where's, where, where's your badge? <laughs> like, you see me every day. What are you talking about? Where's my badge? <laughs> Well, you need to sign it. You need to sign in here. I go, what? What, what happened here? A whole new re regimen change. And so I'm saying, like, are you guys nuts? Are you guys crazy? I mean, <laughs> give us a little warning anyway, you know. And I was pastorally defending our people. And, and so <laughs> the supervisor of all the security finds me up in the third floor and he goes, Excuse me, do you have a problem with my uh, personnel? I go, yes, actually, I do. He goes, I go, they're so rude. They're, they, they just attack us for not having this badge. He goes, yeah, you know, we tried to tell the, the, the people that we should give you guys a warning, but they decided, no, we're just going to enforce it right away. I go, well, could you be a little more gentler about it? Could you be a little more, you know, pleasant in presenting it? That's an honest thing to say, right? And so uh, the Lord told me, he said, uh, what are you trying to do? I go, I'm trying to, you know, make, make things right here. I'm trying to, you know, straighten the ship. And he goes, well, that's not the way you do it, you know, attacking people like that. I go, okay, well, what do you want me to do? He said, Apologize to that, the, the first guy. I go, oh, please. I don't want to do that. So I said, and what you guys really need to do whenever you get in this situation, Lord, help me. Cause a situation to be where... It'll just be so easy for me to talk to him and apologize and make peace, right? The end of it all is to be peaceful with everything. So sure enough, I went into the restroom, and it was only me and him. <laughs> and my back was to his back, and I just said, you know, Laquan, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to, to go off like that. And he goes, ah, that's, a, that's okay, that's fine. There's no problem. And then after that, all the security guards were real nice. They opened up the door. Come on in, you know. Glad to see you. They softened up. And, and Marianne can say, after the years, they kept hiring nice, pleasant people. Not the rude, you know, you know army-type people. And so I asked them, I go, Laquan, I noticed the people have really kind of changed their attitudes. Says, yeah, I took heed to what you said. And I got people now that are more complimentary, more loving. I go, really? And so, you know, I see him time once in a while at the, when we were on the train, and I can go up to him and say, hey, how you doing? You know, I don't like to leave trails of, of bitterness and animosity and ill will with people. I don't want to have to say, oh, I, uh, oh, I can't talk to you. No, it's openness. Yeah, I, I love you. We, we, we straighten that all out. And they pretend like nothing happened. And that's just a beautiful way to live your life, to make, cut all ties of unforgiveness and of, of bitterness away. So first thing is, decide not to operate in your anger. Two, you might have to uh, have a difficult discussion. Three, stop dis disclosing it with everybody else. You don't want everybody else to take your side, so you don't have to go around and tell people, you know what, so-and-so did this. 
you know, and be jealous if they get up and they sing a song and, you know, everybody's clapping and you go, yeah, but you know what? <laughs> you should see what she does at home or you should see how she treats so-and-so and, you know, you know, uh, her kids aren't, aren't, aren't really acting all that, right? No, you don't need to talk about what other people have done so that they can, so they can be on your side. Stop having it come up. You know these people that you, you, you may talk to them and they'll tell you a story that something happened 15 years ago. And every time you talk to them, it comes up one way or another. You go like, girl, have you forgotten this? I have this one, this one uh, lady that owed me like $1,400. And, and I itemized it and I presented it to her. She said, oh, yeah, I'll get it to you. And, you know, year after year, it, 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 uh, you, you try to release it, but every, every time you think about it, you go like, man, why would she do that? Why would she not pay me back, you know? And so I forget it, and then every once in a while, I'm going to have to throw it away, but every once in a while, I open up the drawer, and I see the itemization there. I go, oh, yeah. So I'm going to have to really throw that baby away. <laughs> Because you keep remembering it, right? So, and, and the fourth thing is, determine the destiny of the offender is in the gracious hand of the Lord, not in your hand. Amen? You can't say, well, the, Lord, the Lord's going to get you. <laughs> I'm putting you in the Lord's hand. Oh, I don't want to be around when the Lord gets you. Oh, my. You're in big trouble, right? So you're supposed to do what? For those that despitefully use you, pray for them. Don't pray about them. Pray for them. It's hard to not forgive someone when you're praying for them because all of a sudden some good things start rolling around in your heart and in your mind. You want to bless them and do good to them. So the fourth thing is you want to pray for them. Put them in the Lord's hands. Say, Lord, the Bible says what? Judge no one before the time. They've got plenty of time to repent and be able to come to the, 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 uh, ab, the, um, the knowledge of the Lord, allow that to happen in their lives. And by you praying for them, God's will will be done. So, Father, we just thank you that as we...